Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Along with our podcast episodes, we host a weekly webinar that focuses on current and relevant topics we face as we're in changing and challenging times. One of our recent webinars focused on community resistance to change. It reminded me of the resistance to change our community faced when we built the Blue Wahoo baseball stadium on our piece of property in downtown Pensacola. Quint Studer was the initiator and leader of this effort, and he faced tremendous, tremendous resistance to change. The stadium and the AA baseball team in Pensacola was a true catalyst to changing our downtown community, which is beautiful. And you've heard me talk about it on several of our podcasts. So, Quinta, thank you for joining us today. I, I can't wait to hear this story again. I know our listeners will be able to apply the lessons learned from this story to, to what they're experiencing today. I think, too, when you look at education, I think, and, and this, I think it comes down to trying to be ahead, trying to look around the corner. It's sort of like years ago, I was working with the school district, Janet, and I knew their population enrollment was going down. And I said, right now, before you have to close a school, come up with the criteria for closing a school. Because the board will all agree on the criteria to closing a school if you don't have a school name. Because mm -hmm. once you name a school, then everybody comes out of the woodwork. But you, so even though they're still going to come out of the woodwork, you are going to have a process you said you were going to follow. So you will make it through that. So, so I do think even today with what educators are going through, you have to figure out what's going to happen because you, you're going to have less money. You're going to have less, less students possibly. You're going to have, look at colleges. You talk about change. Yes. I mean, you're talking about re I think the college days of $55,000 tuitions are going to go right down the tubes because people are going to say, I don't think so. I can keep my kid home or rent an apartment somewhere. Yeah. 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 So I think anytime you can try to figure out where the pushback's going to come from and answer the pushback. As, as much as you can. So we'll tell the Blue Wahoo story, but I, I tell you what, I, I've been talking to every community and I do tell them, I said, hey, if you have a superintendent of schools, if he ever wants a referendum, now's the time. Yeah. There, there's two groups of people that have benefited greatly in a way from this pandemic, and you hate to say that, but um, healthcare workers, respect for healthcare workers has gone through the roof now. It always was good, but it was good for nurses, but not so much the rest of the group including doctors. Now everybody's way up there. Mm -hmm. And the other group are teachers. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you saw my column last week. I talked about the lady who's got to teach her kids during the day. So she's working at night. And her husband who works during the day comes home and says, why are you working at night? And she says, because I'm teaching the kids during the day. And I put in, I bet you he got offered a teaching job that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. It was a great, it was a great article. Um, I read them every week, Quint, so get, always get a lot out of them. So just appreciate that. And I know on one of our earlier podcast episodes, you know, you talked about 
this is the time. And I've really, I've really taken that back to people. This is the time. If you're going to make changes, this is the time. It's the time to innovate. It's the time. Try things that you've been afraid to try. And you have to experiment and you have to also, and we'll talk, right? Create was in my column this, this um, last week. No, my guest view that I wrote. I don't know if you saw the guest view in the news journal. I said, you have to experiment. Mm-hmm. And you also have to have patience and forgiveness. And the challenge in most communities is they don't have a lot of patience and they don't have a lot of forgiveness. Yeah. So you, you've got to lay the platform early on that you're going to need that. So I, I facilitated a meeting at the city with downtown merchants and I started off with, hey, you know, we, let's pretend our children are watching this meeting right now. And how do we want to role model our behavior? And how do we want to role model as a citizen having conversation in a positive way? And how do we want to bring solutions versus problems? And um, it changed. I, 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 I'm not sure the meeting was, let's say, wonderful, but I tell you, it was a lot better than it would have been if we didn't have that conversation. Yeah. If you didn't set the stage like that, you know, I think back over the blue Wahoos, I mean, when you were, when you were beginning with trying to build the platform, you know, to, to, for us to get a stadium that really did change downtown. I mean, I think it was one of the biggest catalysts for changing our downtown, Quint, you know, I love the Wahoos, Um, but you knew you were going to get resistance, right? I mean, you had to know you'd get resistance. So what, what, how did you manage that? Well, with the Blue Wahoo story, which is going around and taking a downtown piece of dirt that had toxic soil and bringing it back to life and putting a stadium. And I, I think I knew there'd be resistance, but I didn't know how much resistance. And I was naive. I, I was really naive. What I've learned is there's no, the term no brainer does not exist. <laughs> I don't yeah. care what you do. There's no such thing as a no brainer. I mean, I, I, I've tried to do, pro- whenever I've had a project that had, that had us fail, like in the community, putting the Y next to the stadium was where it still, I believe, should have went. Putting the Center for Entrepreneurship downtown and spending $20 million, neither one of those happened because I thought they were, each of them was such an obvious no-brainer. Who could be against it? And neither one happened because I underestimated the amount of advocacy it takes to get a program through the finish line. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, Janet, why I started Civicon, the Civic IQ to raise advocacy. So, yeah, so going back to the Wahoos, I, I was sort of naive, you know, because you hear something that's going to, um, you know, build a stadium downtown. First, you have to do research. So we did do market research. And I think people miss that all the time. I, 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 Talk to, I've got three communities now doing market research that I work with because they, they don't do market research and then they don't have the research to back them up. So they get into a bunch of anecdotal information. So we did some research and you're probably not even aware of that, but number one, would minor league baseball be sustainable in our county? And then the next thing is, if you built a stadium, where should it go? Because the natural tendency is put it out by the interstate so it's easy to get into and off. Those don't make it. But we couldn't find any downtown ballpark in 10 years that had, that had ever failed. So then we had the downtown research. 
the, the other thing I, I really learned is look, using a lot of John Potter's model for change management. What's the burning platform? And so our burning platform became, you know, you do the heart and the mind, which comes from the Heat Brothers with Switch. So if you look at the mind, we had mortal cell, our CRA, which is like a TIF district downtown where taxes stay in the area, had been flat forever. So the population's not growing. So how do you pay for something where you have to bond it? So Mortal Sullivan sat down with the CFO of the city and basically came up with, if we build a stadium, what will we project will be tax revenue increases, population increases, those types of things that'll create more money into the CRA to pay for the bond. So we did the math, but you know we found only about 20% of the people are gonna get the math. And there's always people that can say the math is just mortal self and making it up, um, blah, blah, blah. So then what's the heart? And I think this is the key to any, any change. The heart was keeping our children home. The biggest issue we talk to when we look to parents is I, I, my kid, I want my son or daughter to be able to live in Pensacola, but once they go to college, they never come back because there's no opportunity for them. And then we also studied Gallup and Gallup came out around that same time and said, if you want to keep talent here, you need a vibrant downtown. So the, the, the stadium was never a standalone. The stadium was that'll help us create a vibrant downtown, which will keep your kids home. So when we won the referendum, Channel 3 interviewed me and they said, Quint, you know, you won the referendum. Do you have a message for anybody out there? I said, yeah, call your children and tell them it's time for them to come back home. Oh, so it's, it's keeping, when you look at change in the Wahoo story, it starts with burning, doing some good research. And I do believe that's where my history as an educator benefits me day in and day out. Because educators are good diagnosticians. They are trained to do assessment. I was, did a course Q&A with Cornell master degree students this week. And one of the things I talked about, they said, what's the first thing a, a good leader needs to be able to do? I said, diagnose and assess the situation. And I think so, so that diagnosis went into it. Then you create the burning platform. And then the, second, the next thing you have to do with the Blue Wahoos is create the guiding coalition. So we had to get the groups that would be with us with us. So you had to have a message for people with children. You had to have a message for people without children. You had to have a message for young people. So truly, um, the young professionals were a key driver of this. The other thing we knew is the minority vote would be very important. They normally, in our community, um, our African-American or, or poor community, like many communities, didn't have a great voting record. So how do you get them to come out and vote? Um, we only lost, I think out of everything, the only place we came close to losing was in a pretty wealthy neighborhood that just, you know, I don't know, taxes or something, or, or they thought some guy was getting something like me. So what we did is we, we tried to figure out what, are the, what could be some things that we could add that would add to the project, but also are good things to do. So I was at a meeting because you got to get out there and you got to open up the books. And I was speaking to 
a group of um, leaders in the African-American community. And I thought I had a good relationship because when I was president of Baptist Hospital, I did a number of things that were well-respected in the minority community. And so they said, well, you know, why should we vote for this? Now, remember, jobs weren't as plentiful at the time. And I said, jobs, you're going to get able to have jobs. And they said, well, how do, you, how do we know that these jobs are going to go to minorities? I said, well, because I'm telling you. They said, well, we like you, Quint, but put it in writing. So we created something called the Covenant for the Community, which put in writing that 70% of all jobs on this site would be people that live in Escambia County. Now, by doing that, that covers the minority group. So we basically created that. So, so, so you sort of look at your various pockets and you figure out what can, what can I do with that pocket? The thing I learned, Janet, for people listening to this podcast, is there's certain pockets don't waste your time on. <laughs> yeah. and, and I didn't know that. Mm. I wasted a lot of money trying to change the unchangeable. Mm. And, and you don't want to, and I also am a big believer that you can't offer something that hurts your integrity or your credibility. So I, I think if I did this again and I go into communities, I say about 30% of the people are going to be against whatever you offer. And of course, it'll get a little higher. So you have to be polite to them, but don't think you're going to change somebody who's unchangeable. If you go to close a school, there are certain people that will never, ever get over that. You're going to, you're going to, um, I just noticed that two universities just got rid of college baseball. Mm-hmm. There, there are people that will never get over that that university got rid of college baseball. And, and you have to be real careful not to let yourself get drained by those people. And the last thing I would say is what they call it resiliency. I would call it values because mm-hmm. we're resilient at something because it touches our values. That's when we're resilient. So for us, as you know, it got pretty nasty. People had signs in yards. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just really nasty. We'd get anonymous mail to our house telling us to leave town. And, um, you know, we're carpetbaggers from Chicago <laughs> down to Wisconsin. I got spit on in a restaurant because a lady said we were stealing her father's land because it was public property. Um, it was really, really nasty. And, um, so one day we were sitting there and, and Rishi said, why are we doing this? You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and not that she wanted to quit, but, mm-hmm. but it's because the values. We believe strongly that by doing this, we'd create a better quality life for other people. Mm-hmm. And I think if your values lock in, because I'm not a brave guy. I don't like this stuff. I was a special ed teacher. Nobody spits on a special ed teacher. Nobody, nobody writes an anonymous letter to a special ed teacher telling them to get out of town. (laughs) Then I was a healthcare administrator. Even though we can act like we get some unhappy people, most of the time people like us when the hospital, we're taking care of people, we're treating, you know, in the ER. So the first time in my life I got getting these names and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a cowardly lion if they did anything in the Wizard of Oz. I think I could be the Tin Man too. But anyway, um, I'm the cowardly lion. And the reason I, I stuck in there and hung in there was because the values that I truly believed in my heart of hearts, this was going to be the right thing to do. 
And I, same thing when I was president of a hospital, I stuck in there at times when we changed out our, in our ER group, that was very difficult because I believe that we could provide better care with another group. And I think if you're in any change position, if you're not all in on values, you won't have the resiliency it takes to get it over the finish line. Yeah. Quint, thanks so much for sharing that. You know, I've, I mean, I've listened to and known the story by living a little bit of it and, you know, living in this town, but um, I've not heard it, heard you tell it like that. And I, I just, I think you can, people can learn a lot and, um, and see the value that they can have when they move through that resistance. And I can tell you, you know, as you were talking about the story, wow. I mean, I wish our listeners could understand how powerful that stadium is in Pensacola. I mean, it's, it's, it is, it, you don't have many resistors now because it's a beautiful stadium that provides so much quality of life for downtown. And it was the catalyst that helped us grow, which we'll, you know, talk about as we jump to the next episode. But, I, you know, I think, I think too, in summary, because I always think in summary, like next, I think mm-hmm. a couple of things. Number one, you have to take time to do your diagnostic. And I think sometimes we don't do like, if I ran a school district, we did a lot of polling. So I did a lot of polling. And I, you know, people say it's too expensive. No, it's too expensive not to do market research and polling. So I did a lot of polling. I sort of knew where the community was at. I sort of knew which areas were going to vote for it, who was going to vote against it. So we paid a lot of attention, um, truly a lot of attention doing the diagnostic first. Just like when I was a special ed teacher. First thing you do is you diagnose the child. Um, then we spent a lot of time figuring out what's the burning platform. So why are people, why are people going to move toward this? You know, I just helped the city recently pass a fire. They never had done a fire assessment. And trust me, no one wants to vote for more taxes or a fire assessment. And the people that were against it were some people didn't even live in the community, but they might've had a business in the community. But the reason we pushed it was not to do a fire assessment. It's because we're losing too many good paramedics. We're losing too much talent. So we need to keep our talent. When you have a heart attack, do you want somebody with training on their badge taking care of you? So you have to create that burning platform. And then you have to look at who is the guiding coalition? Who will, so we got the PYP. We got the African-American leaders that like that covenant for the community. You had a guy like Mortal Sullivan who would meet with anybody that had financial questions and he'd go over financially where you had this. You had a guy like Rick Outson of one of the local newspapers challenging people. Find me a stadium that's been built downtown that's failed. And I'll be against this too. So you get their guiding coalition and then, then you just run the game plan and, and you've yeah. got to be totally transparent, totally open and not be surprised when the other side isn't totally honest because they don't have to be. Yeah. As you leave today, think about what you learned from this story about resistance to change. How can you apply this story to help you and your community with the resistance to change that we're all facing right now and in the near future. The times ahead are going to be difficult and our leadership will certainly be tested. Let's be intentional about how we do the legwork needed to gain opportunities and come out better on the other side. 
So I wish you well this week. And as always, I thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and make sure you're subscribed. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.